Yes, hello, welcome back to the GCP podcast, episode 8. As always, I am Simba, but on this one, you can call me Octavian because I'm going to bring some fire energy. Of course, we've got the normal panel in Tawanda, Hillary, and we've got a guest today, and Mr. Double T, Two Squared, Tamuka Tagere. Nice to have you on, bro. How are you doing? Thanks for having me, lads. Yeah, I'm, I'm cooling, bro. I'm keen to get chatting. I love UX's content, so... So it's an honor and a privilege to be here. No, we appreciate you, man. Appreciate it. We're happy to have you here. Of course, my other two accomplices, Tawanda, Hilary, how are you how y'all doing? I'm a bit more upbeat now since hearing T squared. I wasn't I wasn't expecting that. I'm always keen to find out what nonsense Dickie's going to say. And thank you for not disappointing, man. I'm good, thanks. Yeah, of yeah, course. The man course <laughs> and never disappoint always there for the energy the vibes so it's it's all up but yeah um of course as we said episode eight we've got a different type of episode today we're going to be viewing one of the greatest rappers of his generation just dropped an album recently mr jimmy and called j cole and i'm gonna hand it over to tino who's gonna tell us what the agenda is for today all right cheers dickie yeah like dickie said we're going to touch on j cole's album just a brief album review um and just our main takeaways from that he's just released his sixth studio album it's 12 songs and 39 minutes long that's pretty short five albums deep it's pretty hard to surprise people you know you know the game well enough to coast through it but you're also stable enough to take your chances and experiment so what are your immediate reactions to this piece of work? And what do you think this album really is about? Um, I think the first first thing, like what are, what are your immediate thoughts to the album? <laughs> fire. Um, it's that simple. Um, but yeah, like why I say fire is because like it's it started really good um, with 95 South. And then, you know, as the vibe is settled, then you have applying pressure coming in with all the hype it's just it's a really good album hang on the hills hang on hillside to finish it was insane i think yeah has to be a top class outro there and then what it's about i think what it's about it's like uh self-explanatory the off season j cole said that he took a while to get this album out and yeah i think he's talking about you know his time during that process, during that creative process of getting this album out. So he titled it, you know, how you know how certain people say the joy is in the journey and not the destination. And yeah, this time the journey was the off season. I think that's why he titled it. Just yeah, just using my English literature analysis. I I don't know if I'm right. Yeah, Simba, what do you think? Man like Jermaine, Cole, J. Cole. Man, first things first, man. Rest in peace, Uncle Phil. I don't know why I said that, but yeah, um, it just came up. Um, yeah, I think it had been quite a minute since J. Cole dropped. Um, I was actually hyped simply because, yeah, Cole's just one of those guys. Like, he's just a cool dude, you know. And just listening to the album, of course, I won't get too deep because it's just I'll just answer the initial question. But I think, yeah, for me, it's an album that I, I expected simply because Cole's at that point in his career, like 
he's now mature he's got a family as he was speaking about in in his in his in his album and as even Tawanda said that it's the off season so he's just talking about like his expenses his personal expenses his kid him and himself i think i don't know if you guys watch his documentary that he released that oh, oh I'm, i'm forgetting now it was in a podcast tino can remind me what podcast was it um the uh, the, the j cool documentary no not the, the documentary a podcast that he featured on oh um, the 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 kevin durant one Yeah 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 shout yeah, out shout out yeah 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 I was yeah, just on that podcast I was listening and he was like yeah I'll, I'll just be chilling and I'll go into the studio and I'll just sit there and I'm like I can't write anything like he just wouldn't write anything in fact you said he would avoid the studio that's what he said he'd avoid the studio and just sit there and he was like now nah, creativity will come will come but then I think he just sat there for like six weeks and didn't write anything. I think that's where I like the title the off season comes in because yeah, it's 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 that point in his career like he doesn't really have to prove much. Now he's already one of the best in office generation. So for me just to summarize I felt like this project was just him expressing like what he's been doing in this um point in time in his career, his family, his personal experiences and all that. And I think the project It was a good album. I wouldn't say like it was great or Forest Hills Drive level. I think it's probably his best album since I uh, might be controversial but it might be his best album since Forest Hills Drive. I don't know what you guys think, but yeah, it was it was a very good album. It was a very good album. That's a bit of a hot take there, but okay. Tumik, what do you think? <laughs> That's what we have for, bro. Yeah. Yeah, hot takes only. You know what it is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude. <laughs> The guy dude, young Simba, dude, Mr. Mr. Nice Watch. Dude. I mean, this guy's been in the game for a while, dude, and he's done well to still be relevant at this point in time, but in the age of like TikTok and you know. Um but yeah, I think I think it was a good album. I don't know if it was his best since uh Forest Hills Drive. I quite liked For Your Eyes, but that's my personal opinion. But um Yeah, I think it's a good album and I think it comes from a place of reminiscence and um because generally like I think uh uh the off season like when guys uh, guys are like you know taking time to sort of slow down and like take all the pace off of life and stuff and just really think about where he's come from and where he's going I guess the the, the period of time uh, that has taken up his career So I think it's it's quite reminiscent um of his of his life I guess and where where he's headed that's that's what I I got from it really I think uh UX also sort of um devolves into uh mainly what it's about but that's that's my opinion what it's about just reminiscing and um cuz I like as well like within let's say in the pandemic right when everyone was like everything was cancelled everyone was at home the, a lot of people were reminiscing when you take time off you 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 tend to reminisce and be pensive so i think that, that that's a sort of key part of it no i actually agree with tuka i don't agree about the four years only i think i'm one of the few j core fans who just doesn't like that project i don't know why is this hey man Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, it's just my personal taste. But I do agree with Tamuka about the whole off-season concept. Um, and I feel like it might not be his best, but it's definitely my favorite project of his. Because your sixth album, right? It's a six studio album. It can be your creative rebirth. For example, Jay-Z's Blue, The Blueprint, um, Lil Wayne's The Carter Three, Kanye's Yeezus, right? Or it can be you sort of like being stuck in the past, like Eminem with Relapse. So it could go one of two ways. And I think it's, it's sort of a happy balance of the two. And for me, it's, it's a training montage. Am I the one who sort of like got that from, from that sort of vibe from this? Because this is like coal sharpening his blade and getting ready for whatever he's got planned next. Hence the off season, like what Tumuk is saying. Because I think even Tawanda was saying it, like it's been a long time since KOD. It's been three years since KOD. So it's off season and he needs to sort of build his match sharpness. And I think you can see that because it's got a lot less content and it's a lot, it's it's a more technical album. Like by that I mean, you know, he's like playing around with his wordplay, with his different flows and all that sort of stuff. So I can see like it's him trying to get back into shape. So I think it's really dope in that sense. It's not experimental like KOD, but it's it's definitely it, it's definitely pretty dope. So for me, it's like a training montage. It's like the off season. I think he's gearing up towards whatever his next album is. And that leads me to my next question, which is, do you guys think that, you know, okay, how many albums do you guys think he has left? Let me know. Yeah, how many do you think he has left? Two. Two. Hopefully two. I think it's two, simply because he posted on his Instagram a couple of months ago and he was like, um, of course, it was off-season. Then there was it's a it's a boy. Then there's the fall off. So I think yeah, this is true. That's why I felt like again. I'll just go back to the album. I I just felt like you know, it was it wasn't really like you know I got like he was at his top top level. You know, I felt like he had so much more to say. That's why I was like, yeah, I I like the album. But then I felt like you had much more to say, which gave me the impression like I think this will probably come on the fall off that's what my impression was so yeah i think he's got yeah two more two more all right all right so what are your favorite songs on on this album starting with you tamuka yeah um it's quite it's quite hard to pick because all of those songs are like different and i don't i wouldn't say that i i have a favorite because i i vibe with all of the songs um from like a musical sort of standpoint. But um, I think, I think um, Amiri was sort of dark, dude. like, well, not dark as in like uh, literary sense, it's, it's like slang, like it was really good. Um, I quite enjoyed it. And um, the, the, the climb back as well, I really enjoyed. All right, all right. What about you, Tawanda? Um... Initially, like my head was already shouting, applying pressure, but I think it's just the beat that got me hyped. Um, I'm looking towards hunger on your side, um, mainly because like I I really like uh, how Bass was included in that. Um, also punching the clock, 
because you know my affinity for Dame Lillard and the way it started. I think it's a good song. But yeah, I think if I was to if I was to be asked, like final final answer, maybe, and I probably hung on hillside. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, what about you, Simba? Simba, give yours, then I'll give mine, and I'll give my reasoning. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I'm going for straight up the climb back. I think that's that song is really cool. I like the lyrical content in that one. The beat, the instrumental is crazy, and I also like the intro. The What's it called again? Um, it's a 95 or 96 South. Um, when he brought on camera, then he used the sample of Lil John and all that. So it was that was a crazy opening. And even the the one bar that he said, I'll just read it out here. That he said, couldn't put an M on your head, you Luigi brother. Now I was just like, that's crazy, bro. Like that is some crazy stuff. So yeah, I'll definitely go for the, the climb back, hundred um, percent. All right. Uh, I like how you said the clan back. That's interesting because that's I was going through the album again today, and that's the only one that I know back to front. Um, but it's kind of funny because when I was when the album dropped, I was just saying these sort of little mini prayers, like, "Please, can Cole not be singing on this album, bro? I don't like when Cole and Drake sing on these albums. I was like, if he, if he sings, I'm gonna skip. But then, okay, it started out obviously going 95 South. Oh, okay, that's cool. Like Tawanda, Applying Pressure was, for my first listen, that was my favorite one. But then I, I I went through a second, third, fourth, and then eventually fifth listen was today. And I think my favorite one has to be, it has to be Interlude. And I, I still can't wrap my head around why, but it has to be Interlude. I think because it's definitely... Dude, it's just, he's just in a different pocket. And I think we'll talk more about it when we when we discuss the songs individually, but that that's that. And just like Tawanda, Hunk on Hillside, obviously you guys have seen, I've posted that song on my Instagram stories so many times. Um, I didn't like it initially, but then I played it through the end and I really liked the message at the end. And I think Boz has probably brought the best chorus in my opinion um on this song but yeah heading straight back to the top dickie's already told us that 95 south is one of his favorite tuan and and tamuka what do you guys think of 95 south the dope starts uh, would you call that an intro because like that did that definitely did not bring intro vibes like we we're going straight into it despite it being the off season there was no warm-up <laughs> excuse the pun but like yeah um it was, yeah, it was a good way to start the album. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was almost like, because um, the you checked like the beat of it. Um, it's all. It was almost like you know, um, like fanfare when I think like parades and stuff when you're like introducing something or like an act or something. It's almost like he was reintroducing himself to the game. And oh yeah, that, that's because it was. Yeah, like it was sort of triumphant in the sense, like you, the beat is quite hard, but um, and like Tawanda said, it, it it wasn't like mellow, bro. He came in like hard. <laughs> he came in hard to to say like, listen, I'm back. Um, now you're gonna have to listen to what I'm I'm gonna say on this album. Basically, that, that's what I got from it. So it was, I think it was a good start. Like it was a powerful start as well. 
That, that's dope, bro. I, I never actually thought about it that way. But you're right. I think the both of you are really onto something here. Um, you, you guys have said everything that I did want to say about 95 South. Not much else to say, but just for just something interesting is that for those of us who don't know, because obviously we're not stationed in the US, but uh, 95 South is basically the highway that goes directly from New York City through North Carolina. So it would go through from where J. Cole was staying in New York to his hometown in North Carolina. So I think that him choosing to label, you know, the intro of the album 95 South already tells you, like Tamuka said earlier, that he's sort of going to be talking about, you know, his past experiences and his life in general, because those are, if anyone who follows Cole knows that New York City and Fayetteville, North Carolina, two major, you know, cities as far as Cole's life goes. So my next question is, Dicky, what do you think about track number two? That's Amari. Amari, 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 man. Wow. First of all, I do add, I'd say like mixed feelings about it. I think I did like the the music video and how grimy and dark the beat was. It was it was pretty cool, uh, but I felt like that song, you know, I don't know. It just it just didn't hit me like the vocals and uh, like I just felt it was like a freestyle in a way. I don't know, maybe maybe I maybe I'm tripping, you know. I just felt like it was a freestyle and it's just like it just really didn't fit in like with the whole thing. Maybe I don't know. But yeah, it was it was like a mixed emotions. I, I'm gonna listen to it again after this, and just come to my final conclusion. But the music video was dope. I really did enjoy the music video. It was fire. But yeah, the track in itself, yeah, it was just yeah, it was a bit meh for me. I'll just say I'll just say fifty fifty. I'll just say fifty fifty. Yeah, I think that's fair. Toronto, what do you think, man? Amari. Um, I enjoyed the music video. Like, it was already a good song by itself. Funny enough, Amari was the last song that I listened to before I jumped onto the podcast. Um, so, yeah. Um, I enjoyed the music video. Like, it was... It, it had a creative process going on. Like, you know, you saw, like, the different bits of scenery, even him, like, at the edge. Was it the edge of a count or of a hill? Like, you know, there was a deep drop at the end. And it was just like, yeah. There, were just, there was just a lot of good scenery there. Uh, that's the that's the music video but the song in itself i think tamuka even pointed out it's like it's pretty deep um i'm i'm thinking if i'm trying to compare it but it's like yeah i'm i'm thinking about like other songs where you really went in like you know uh the last track in for your eyes only the one that was like for his son that that's the kind of level that i felt all right what about you mux yeah like I, I love like sort of uh, well it wasn't necessarily sinister but it was like a really dark beat uh, from a, you know a musical standpoint but then I'm just thinking now whilst you guys were chatting uh, I was just thinking like I guess from 95 South Maine you said it's like the road from uh, Fayetteville uh, to NYC basically so and I remember reading in like uh, what you sort of expressed to me um, about the song, like he uh, juxtaposes his life uh, now and I guess his life growing up in the Ville 
And I want to tie it back into this whole reminiscent thing of the off season, where you can, it's almost like you're on this road, or let's say we can see what I get from it is that, like, say he's driving on this road, on this uh, 95 South Highway, and he's going back and forth, like, I guess comparing his life now or how he's, uh, like, his journey basically to his beginnings in Fire Build. Um, so that's that's just something I, I wanted to point out um, from, like, a analytical sort of standpoint but from a musical standpoint i think i think it was fire um yeah that's that's my opinion i i love the song now i didn't love it initially i think i liked it initially there was definitely a bar that i knew that tawanda would understand he, he would catch it i was hoping he would catch it because uh he, he goes um i think it's in the chorus it's in both choruses he, he says now I'm at the garden sitting half court watching Junior catch it off the backboard. So basically, just like for the non-basketball fans, uh, Jay Cole and Dennis Smith Jr. are from the same city, right? And it's just crazy seeing their journeys from Fayetteville, North Carolina to New York, where their friendship has taken them. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. is now a professional basketball player in the NBA. He used to play for the New York Knicks. So that's where that line's about, you know, sitting in Madison Square Garden, watching Dennis, you know, play ball. So that's, I just found that pretty cool. You guys said everything there is to say, I think, about the song. Um, just the music video was, I think it was really great. A sign of a good music video or a great music video is one where you think the song is okay, then you watch the video and you fall more in love with the song. And I think that's the experience that I've had with Amari because I remember I got, because I've got obviously personal notifications on for J. Cole on every platform including YouTube, I got the notifications and I'm like, why did he choose to do a music video for Amari? I don't even like the song. Then I watched the video and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I think it was a solid choice. Next up is a song that I don't really like at all. I think I've only played it twice. I tried to skip through it, but for the purpose of this review, I had to go and listen to it again. Um, but track number three, My Life, featuring 21 Savage and Murray. What do you guys think? I'm not gonna lie, I, I actually, it wasn't, I don't know. I think this one, again, I'm also on the fence. Like, I like the message that they were portraying, like, um, how they both came from a struggle, how they, their parents and all that, um, struggling uh, back in the day and all that, and the hardships they had. So, when I first listened, I was like, no, nah, this is good. But the second listen, I was like, ah, it's, it's a pretty good track. Good. I was just saying good, but I like Twenty One's verse, man. I think Twenty One really came through. I was actually like shocked, like what Twenty One actually came out with with a fire verse, man. It was it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I'll just say it was it was good. It was good. I wouldn't say great, but it was it was right. It was right. Yeah, I think any track that J Cole does with Twenty One is going to be compared to a lot, and <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the first thing that I did when I was listening to my life, and it didn't strike as much. I think exactly where Simba's head is at, like, it was a good track, but, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to be one of those guys that's going to be constantly comparing it to a lot, and then if it's like that, then it's, you know, not as good. What about you, Mooks? 
Yeah, I was going to um, uh, agree with Tawanda's point and that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's always, it's going to be, because a lot was a dark song, in my opinion. Um, dark doesn't good, just to clarify again. But um, yeah, it's almost like it was a filler. Like, you know, you had 95 South and Amari, which were both like sort of hard songs musically. And then this was sort of like, uh, you know, sit back and, you know, let the track like sort of take its course and take you to the next, like the consequent songs. So I think it was, yeah, it was an odd song, um, but it was like almost like a filler song. Yeah. Okay. Before I give my perspective, I think Simba's got a, got a point to raise. Just a question, guys. I don't know, maybe it's just me feeling this, but do you guys think that maybe like the first half of the album is a bit, it's not too great, but then the second half carries it and is better than the first? It's just something that I just thought of just now. Second half is definitely better than the first. Yeah, I, I, think I, for, I agree. Yeah, for me, definitely. The second half is better. But I think it's only because this song and another song well another two songs that we'll get to that round out the last two songs of the first half for me were very underwhelming but we'll get there we'll get there what about you Moose? do you think you agree with what Simba has said yeah definitely and I think that's like uh like it, I guess it's like any good show or like any sort of good book it takes uh, like the beginning is not always, you know, you're still sort of getting into it. I think maybe you did that, uh, I don't know, maybe intentionally to sort of shock Oaks in the second half of the of the album to be like, damn, this is this is sort of crazy. And I think I think it was Simba who spoke about uh, it might have been uh, the like the journey. Um, Oh no! It was Tawanda who spoke about the the journey being like uh, better than the end, sort of uh, end of the thing, uh, the end of uh, any sort of quest or whatever. So I think uh, it just makes the journey of the album a lot better that it started in that sort of way, but then ended so well. Okay, I get that. I get that. So my perspective on my life before we move on is that. Like I said, I just didn't really like it. It gave me a lot vibes. Because um, if you play the My Life vibes, the My Life instrumental, you can sort of imagine it being an extension of a lot. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but the reason why it's compounded for me is that I don't, I don't like a lot in the first place. So if, if that's got the same sort of, sound as the other one it's already not going to be a hit for me so moving on to the next song which is applying pressure all i've got to say is whoa this is also the title of his documentary um but yeah Toronto, you had some strong feelings about this song so do you want to start us off yeah definitely definitely like i said um uh when i heard the applying pressure song like literally I wasn't even thinking about like turning up or dancing. I I literally put myself on the court, shooting shots, driving to the hoop, dunking. I was, you know, like that's where my mind was at when I was listening to Applying Pressure. Like it's a track that I would definitely play if I'm at the court because it's got that high 
and it's got the buzz as well. And my man, my man, J. Cole, Jermaine, Cole, I, I'm so glad that he puts like one track that's upbeat in that sense. Because correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's like the only track where it's got that kind of vibe where it's upbeat and, you know, like you'd be bumping to that track. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Mooks? Yeah, he was definitely like he he his intentions were there. Dude. He was there to apply pressure to the game, dude. Again, to sort of tune knows that you know I'm here, bro. And I get uh, the sentiments that Tawanda is putting across that um, you know it's 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 not that like obviously it's one of those songs. Say if you're if you're in the club, dude, it'll be going off, dog. Like there'll be mosh pits and stuff, but like um. Yeah, I think it it it's um it's it's a brilliant track, dude. In my opinion, in that sense of the hype and uh, bringing the energy to the album as a whole. I hear. You. What about you, Simba? Yeah, I think everything has been said here. I think it's one of those tracks like that you bump it in the club or even in the subwoofers in the car. It'll be fire. It'll be bumping. You know. So yeah, I I, I like the track. I think maybe yeah, I I did like the track. It was a very very good track. If there's ever any doubt about Simba's age, let it be known that this man just said subwoofers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a violation. This man was waiting to violate me, you know, the whole episode. I could no, see I was, it. Yeah, I was waiting for you to give me an opportunity because you, you, you've been pretty, you've been running a tight ship today, but you finally slipped up, and I was like, yeah, I've got him. Niggas <laughs> called me slipping. Okay, so what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah man but uh my my perspective is that this is probably the most and i mean this in the best possible way but it was the most verbose and dense album dense verse on the album like it was just so packed there's i mean i could do the toronto thing and the simba thing of like bringing what bars excited me the most but it's just it's the most hip-hop like track this is the sort of track that i wanted um on the album and I'm just glad that we had this kind of track. Um, next up, Punching the Clock, another one that Tawanda really liked. This one had the Dame Lillard sample at the beginning and at the end. Um, so I'm just gonna give my perspective first and then you guys can, can go from there. But um, I feel like those samples really about the confidence that one gets from putting in hard work when no one is watching and how those sacrifices are never in vain. I think the title of the song is a lot more to do with the samples on either end of the song, not necessarily the verse in the middle, which is a totally different thing altogether. Because, you know, when you're punching in the clock, it's, it's like when you're you you know you, you're getting into work and, you know, you stamp in, stamp out because you're about to, like, do some hard grind. So I think this is the song that really made me think of the off-season and the perspective that I said earlier on when we were all giving what the album means to us as individuals. But when we now discuss like the middle, that's just the samples on either end of the song. When we discuss the middle of the song, it's 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 pretty, you know, it's it's a usual course song. You know, it describes his first experience with a gun. And while I think it was a great description of the situation, it's not really a song that I'll go back and go back and listen to. But yeah, that's my perspective. What about you, Simba? Yeah, I think I agree with everything what you said. You know, again, I have more or less nothing to say on the on the production of the song. I think it was a fantastic track. I do, usually for me, I, I like it when they're like skits, 
or samples voiceovers beginning out songs like it's always so cool and just seeing like another person speak before the rap actually starts spitting so yeah um i like to track money criticism is that i wish it could have been longer maybe another verse or maybe even just a hook just to add on to the source but yeah yeah it was a pretty yeah it was a good track it was a good track yeah toronto um yeah it was um deep insightful you, you said it yourself it was clockwork type vibes um but it wasn't just like you know like a regular shift at work because if you like i i oh, like those words will ring true in my head like like i think forever the first thing that dame said in that sample was there's nothing that i want more you know so it's not it's not just a regular grind it's not a okay like um it could be a 9 to 5 because you know depending on your passion uh, on whatever the grind is but you can see that this grind is not something that someone is doing because um um they have to or they want to it's actually both you know because you're satisfying that passion the need inside you that's that's how i felt like throughout the whole song all right dope. what about you mix yeah i mean after hearing what Tawana has to had to say about it, I guess um, I sort of I agree because at first uh, uh, at first listen, it didn't really necessarily stand out to me. I uh, I didn't uh, try and analyze it as well um, because of that. But I I think that um, in terms of grinding and like putting in the work when when sort of no one is watching and stuff uh it stands out in that right and it it it's like uh i guess indicative of say like earlier when we were talking about uh, say in uh like celebrities and stuff having to put in doing the work in the background and stuff when no one's watching and when no one's giving you the recognition and stuff and that it's i guess hard but it's it's necessary graph that you have to do so i think in that right it sort of uh stood out all right, so I, I guess we're pretty much more or less all in agreement. This is one of the three songs that I don't really like on the album. The next one, 100 mil. So I'll, I'll just let you guys take it away with this one. Chwanda, what do you think about 100 mil? Yeah, I, I know that I, I was out here preaching that I'm a big fan of like a bus's involvement in this track, but that's one song that literally just like, I think I flew by it. I like as I was enjoying the album, I flew by because like all I remember, like throughout the whole album, obviously 95 South, the Mari, my life is skipped, applying pressure, punching the clock, a hundred mil is skipped. Then I go straight to Pride of the Devil. So it's yeah, it it didn't strike that much of a impression on me. Oh, I hear that, I hear that. Anyone else have anything to say on this track in particular? Because I wasn't really much of a fan either. No, no comment. Uh, echo it or the tone they're saying. Yeah, I don't think it was a particularly good track. My opinion just felt like it was a bit, yeah, bland. And yeah, I mean, when you spit, I mean, yeah, Cole was trying to tell us that, yeah, look, I've made. Hundred million, you know, I'm I'm this guy, but yeah, it's just straight and like, you know, just it wasn't just for me. It was just another point in the track. It was just like a filler, like another meh track. Like okay, cool. So yeah. 
So just moving on to the next song, this is one that a lot of people really like, Pride is the Devil. What do you guys think about this one? I know <laughs> it's got a lot of great reception. It's one of the most played songs on, on the album so far. But I'll start with you, Moots. Yeah, I, I really, I enjoyed the song, dude. Like, you know, um, it just like, even even in the name of it, dude, like Pride is the Devil. Like having, having Pride, dude, or being very i guess proud right it can be the end of you bro like i think even um it you can take about even to k dot song bro pride dude um uh pride will be the death of you at the end of the day dude and i think he sort of echoes that in this song as well um i think it, it i don't i can't even put it into words bro like I, I I really enjoyed the track. All right, what about you, Tawanda? Thoughts on this one? Um, okay, first things first. Before I like go into my analysis, I I just want to put out like how I recognize what I'm about to say is that like I'm a I'm a huge uh, Amine fan as well. So when I heard the start of the song, I was really like, whoa, 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 whoa what's going on here? Type of thing. That's like. That was really my, my thought process because I was like, wait, is this a mixtape all of a sudden? That's, yeah, that's what I was thinking because it's like the same sample as Can't Decide uh, from Amina's latest album, Limbo. So I was just like, yeah, okay, this is an interesting take. And man, Lil Baby needs to, man doesn't have an off switch. The way he comes in, the way he delivers his bars is, yeah, it stays at the same rate of insanity. Uh, yeah, a good feature, a good song. Dickie, any thoughts on this track in particular? I'm pretty sure you now probably have a similar view on this one. Um, okay, l- let me hear your view first, then I'll, I'll say if it's true or not. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll know what you, just by that statement, I'll know what you, what you think about the track. I don't know. I don't have a profound sort of. I don't have a profound sort of um, take on it. Just, I think that it's a really interesting song. I think a pretty catchy hook. Um, yeah, but it's just not that. Much. It's definitely one of the the ones that I'm gonna keep playing, but not one of my favorite ones. But I, I do think it is pretty interesting. Okay. Just sort of in the middle there. No, you're spot on. Uh, I get the same vibes. I think, yeah, even with the instrumental and all that, it was it was pretty cool, like, you know, using the same instrument as uh, I mean, uh, of course, there was no, literally no difference, like, no mixing or anything. It was just the same as beat. So, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, again, it was a, it was a good track. Uh, like Tino said, I think I'm going to have to listen to it again just like get the full message and what it is about it. Like, and I like what Tamuka said about referencing, like, what, um, just the general theme of it, like when you reference Kendrick, like saying pride, uh, that's to get you killed, but pride will be the death of you. So, yeah, um, it's just one of those tracks that it's a good one, but I need to listen to it again just to get a definitive opinion. Now, nah, I back that. So, moving on, the next song is one that I really liked quite a lot, um, which is Let Go of My Hand. I just want to ask what Tumuka's perspective is and what he took away from this song. 
because some people think it's quite funny, some people think it's quite deep, and, and I've just been surprised by the spectrum of varying reactions and responses to the song. Yeah, I thought I thought it was quite deep, like naturally, because again, this this is the states, dude, uh, where he's grown up, and I guess him being a father as well, dude, um, he's trying to sort of relay the the sort of I guess the sentiments of his upbringing, right, and trying to I guess shield his 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 lighty from the some of the realities like he wants to show him, like this is how um this is how things were when he was like growing up or when he was um uh, a lighty growing up in america and he wants to shield him, not necessarily shield him from that experience but show him but make sure that he um uh make sure that uh, his son doesn't have to live through the same sort of life experience yeah i definitely got the same vibes um but i'll touch on that after Tuan and simba give us their takes quickly yeah i think if we were to be like if it was to be like simplified i think that would be like a part two uh for the track that he put the last song in for your eyes only this is definitely a part two because you know like it's of course dedicated to his son and you know he's saying like you know how kids are like when they feel that they've grown you can't hold their hand in public anymore you know they're big boys now and i think that's the he even talked about it and uh, he, he lyricized it like he said yeah like my son says let go of my hand and it's yeah he just wants uh like what tamuka said to you know to guide his kid down the right path and you know learn from his mistakes as you know as any father would oh yeah oh yeah what about you simba yeah again i think i echo what everyone is saying and i do agree with everyone is talking about yeah i think like everyone has just said all things on it so one of those tracks where he is um like basically like talking to his son like telling him that you know, i don't want you to go showing him the certain things that he had to grow up in a certain struggle at the same time. I think, I don't know, I keep forgetting whether he said this in the documentary or in the podcast where he said that, you know, he doesn't know, he always, he doesn't want his son to think that he was um, this, um, what's the tough guy persona? Like, Cole always says that um, I'm not this tough guy, you know, like people think I am, you know, as a kid, he was, he didn't want to fight and all that and all that stuff. So, just got me with those vibes so yeah i think it was a very eye-opening track and i did like what tawanda said about how it's like the similar to the for your eyes only the closer track where he does um again speak um rap in that same manner and talk about that a similar story to that of that same manner so yeah yeah i totally agree with you guys i don't have to I would share my perspective on this, but it's pretty much exactly what Simba and, and the guys have said already. And I agree wholeheartedly. It's sort of just, you know, about Cole's journey, because he's still a young father. It's his journey through fatherhood and realizing that, yo, sometimes you've got to let go of, as much as you love your kids, you have to let go of their hands because they have to find their own way in life. But yeah, I think you guys already touched on that. Um, just some admin issues before we continue. Tamuka's had to 
leave us unfortunately because he's got other commitments but we just wanted to say thanks to, to Muka for joining us and we really appreciate it and yeah Simba just to touch oh yeah shout out to you Tamuk for hopping on man appreciate you man um yeah just to add on to that even with that track it was also like the at the outro when he was also speaking speaking about his diddy beef the beef that they had between the two i don't know what it was but yeah just that was just something that i just missed that i was adding in yeah that was quite interesting no is it the the diddy beef was finally confirmed and then you know sort of to add insult to injury you've got the diddy i don't think it's a sample i think they were probably in the studio together and did he recorded that last outro for him so that was a bit interesting but yeah um moving on to the next song this is the one that i said was my favorite interlude so this was the second single that he released prior to the album the first single was the climb back but we'll get there um but has anyone ever done that before in the rap game like he released a single that was an interlude and it still slapped um i think his flow here is pretty much emblematic of the entire album it's just a totally different pocket like he usually keeps it tight you know what i mean but like this is more like fluid and he writes the he writes the beat a lot better and there's a word for it in poetry i think it's enjambment which basically means like having an incomplete sentence structure at the end of a line or a bar so for example going from one line to the other without like traditional punctuation and yeah so for example in music this would be like someone just going smoothly without stopping and i get that a lot on this track and i think this is probably for that reason it is my favorite song on the album what do you guys think about this one um i'm just thinking through your thought processing because you, you i remember the first things that you said on this podcast was like uh, concerning jacob that you were hoping that he's not singing a lot and then the interlude you sang quite a bit and I, and as it was like the single that came up before the album i think you must have been like i think that's where your concerns really peaked and you're like oh no you missed up but yeah <laughs> it's it was a it was unexpected like you said very unexpected for him to drop an interlude as the single before he drops the album it was um yeah i don't know if he's playing chess with us or you know typical j cole stuff but yeah it was a good interlude nonetheless it wasn't a normal interlude either because you know he was spitting so yeah it is yeah i i enjoyed the interlude as well but i think it got drowned out when the rest of the album came out for me what about you samba what do you think yeah i think from when i first heard the interlude when he dropped it in like two weeks ago i was like hmm if this is the core that we're going to be getting on the album then flip um then i'm hyped so when i listened to like the rest of the album then when i got to the interlude i was like but damn cool why why weren't you like this um at the beginning why weren't you spitting all these bars at the beginning why did you leave it like towards the end to to start rapping and start giving us these bars and and again it just gives me as i said before earlier it's just that it just that's what i didn't really feel like he went into of course i like his aggressive nature and i like him when calls aggressive but just got me thinking back like he left it with so much that he he didn't say a lot he, he didn't say all that he wanted to say which again gives me the impression that maybe he was said in the off season so that's how how i interpreted like this 
whole interlude when I got to the song in itself. Like, yeah, I think he definitely had a lot more to say, but nonetheless, it was, yeah, I, I liked it. I did, I did. Okay, so that takes us to the climb back. Like I said already, this is the only song that I already know off by heart, but that's only because it's been the one that we've been exposed to for the longest time. It was released, you know, way ahead of the album. This was the first single. It was in the Lewis Street pack with Lion King on Ice, which didn't make the album cut. Um, so yeah, to wonder, what do you think about the, the climb back? I know Tamuk is not here anymore, but he really loved this one. Slow. Like, that's the first thing that came to my head. Um, like you said, I'd, I'd actually forgotten about it coming out way before. But I was, I was always just thinking, like, where, where do I remember this song from? But yeah, I think it was insightful. If I'm going to put it to any other album besides um, the off-season, I think it belonged in 2014 for a Souls Drive. It wouldn't be the best. But the vibe that it put out with the slowness, like I think I'll put it like, like early in the middle in 2014 FHD. Um, yeah, that's that's what I have for that track. Okay, what about you, Simba? Like um, what Tanda said, I think when he said you put it early there, I think it definitely would belong there. And I think for me, it's like one of Cole's. Um, best songs he's ever released. I think the flow, the lyricism there was was immaculate. It was peak. Like this one bar that always sticks in my head. Sorry, I'm just I'm just reading off this because I'm just quoting you. He was like, and you see, I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but and he says, and you'll you'll see how I flip like an exclamation point. And I was just like, damn bro, that is so hard. Like it just actually like that type of lyricism it gets you thinking like Bro, again, I think you guys are probably getting bored of this, but then again, Cole, why didn't you deliver this consistency on the whole project? Like if you had done that similar to like Father Tells, would I would be raving about this, calling this the next classic. So yeah, I love the track. I still do like Tino Snader was released back then in the Lewis Street pack. I don't know why Lion King was released. I also thought that was a sick track. So yeah, I really did enjoy it. My favorite song on the album. You know, you both said something different that I want to touch on. First, Simba, you said you like the bar and you see how I flip like explanation, exclamation points. But I'm pretty sure Tawanda will agree with me that the best bar on the entire album actually is the one that comes after that. When he says, my hitters shoot first as if they never played the point, more two guards. Which is, that I think is probably one of the best J. Cole lines I've ever heard in my life. Well, actually one of the best rap lines I've ever heard, but I think a lot of people probably just don't relate to it because it's a basketball reference and we're not going to get into all of that, but that's definitely that whole sort of segment starting from your bar, like he just went off like 100%. I think this one, the comeback is definitely about him rediscovering his love for rap. Um, and you can hear it in his voice. And that's why it's probably one of the best songs on the album. Um, and I now on to what Tawanda said that stuck with me about, you know, slotting it in 2014 Forest Hills Drive. When I listened to the song, I, I kind of like remember Fire Squad, especially when Cole said that rappers are silly talking about who's supposed to be the king of rap. 
and he kind of echoed the sentiment in the intro, in the outro of that of that track. Um, but it, it's a great song. It's a great song, definitely. So now I want to talk about one of the deeper songs, um, and one of the more technical songs, I think, as well, which is Close. Um, Tawanda, what's your initial reaction to that? What do you think about Close? Ah, uh, you might have to cut this out. I didn't listen to Close. <laughs> I, okay, did, so. I did not. Really? It's one of the best songs on the album. I, I skipped. You know, like I was saying that I skipped thing. And, okay, I didn't skip 100 mil, but like My Life and 100 mil didn't hit as much as the rest. I closed. I even hit 0%. Like I didn't, I didn't oh. listen to it that much. Fraud. Really? Yeah, genuinely. Yeah, that's fraudulent behavior. What about you, Simba? Fraud, watch. Yeah, we're going to expose you to wonder. What about you, Simba? Oh, my <laughs> Um, Close. I think, yeah, it is a fantastic song. It just gets me... One of those songs, like, he closed, when he's closing out the album, well, it's coming towards the end of the album. It's just like, we're starting maybe not getting all that we needed to hear, but, like, he's just talking about some crazy stuff, like, reminiscing about his former friends and like how they also come to like the drug life and all the gang life typical stuff like in America. And also even yours, sorry, right now I'm just reading like off like the genius thing, just, but you get what I'm saying. But yeah, even, yeah, just talking about all like the gang life, the drug life and on with all these homies and all that stuff, as well as his friend, um, his deteriorating friendships that, he may have lost and all that. So it's it's an amazing track that I like. And also he does something that I really like. Um, to one of my favorite rappers, um, rest in peace to to MF Doom and he samples one of his tracks, um, Valerian Roots. So shout out to Cole, man. You've just you've put up you've gone out on my list. So yeah. Um that's what I just got from the from the track. Oh, that's pretty dope because like Tamuka's favorite artist of all time is MF Doom. So really would have had something to say yeah you would have had something to say about this i mean you've basically said everything that i would have said um i think we all know that a lot of cool songs talk about this subject matter like you know people succumbing to the temptations of drugs and gang life and all that sort of stuff but i think this is well written and this is one that for me personally made me feel a lot of sympathy for him and his friend because um, that's something we, we all go through, you know, you, you as you grow older, people grow apart and that sort of stuff. So it's, it's, it's quite an interesting take from his perspective, just sort of juxtaposing his rise and his friend's demise. And now for the final song on the album, Hunger on Hillside. I want somebody to start off on this one. Hunger on Hillside. Wow. Um, first things first, I do like the the clothes, like the instrumentals, I think it was brilliant, like how we ended up there. And yeah, yeah, he's just cool again, talking about why he is this guy, why he's relevant in the game, his successes, his future endeavors, and what he's gonna do. And also understanding like how he always stays true to himself and how he's always, you know, been this authentic guy, you know, of course on this project core really, he, I would say that he went out of his box, you know, with the no features thing. I guess that can't be a meme anymore. So he, he went out of his box with that. And it just shows you that the growth in him, you know, 
the willingness to work with other artists, you know, and that's the way, like, the way it closes. And with this song, the way it closes it off, it was brilliant. I like Bass as well. I think those two make a, a great duo. Um, and yeah, it was just a good way to end the album. And of course, um, just to wrap up with this thing, I'm now curious as to what he's going to do next on his future albums, how, what he's going to talk about next, because... Yeah, Cole is one of those guys, you know, he's that guy we can all relate to. Or he talks about, really raps about stories that we can all relate to. So I'm not curious as to see, like, as he grows older and all that, how he's going to reinvent himself. What else is he going to come up with? Is he going to take a bigger risk, take more risks? Is he going to put more features, which I would love as well? So, yeah, it was, it was, it was great. It was a great way to... It's a nice teaser, let me say that. Let me use that word, a nice teaser to what's in what's to come next. What about you, Tawanda? Like I said, I'm gonna put Hunger on Hillside as one of the best outros, well, the best final song of an album. Because yeah, like Simba said, I think it's about time Jake off as he shows that listen, I've been bawling, I've been showing like because you remember in 2014, uh Forest Jazz was, you know, like still trying to be humble be the celebrity vibes but now he's he's telling y'all that like listen um i think i've come a long way and i'm gonna make y'all appreciate that and it's not forceful either he's just you know just like listing his rap sheets going and moving mad on it and like i said um i i love uh the boss's inclusion in this um yeah a great way to finish the tra- to finish the album and yeah, hopefully we can't wait. We hopefully we get a, another album where he's now jumping into the season or postseason. You never know what call. Hunger on Hillside. Like I've said before so many times, I like rappers, particularly rappers that I invest a lot of time, you know, into following and listening to their music and familiarizing myself with their familiarizing myself with their catalogs. I really appreciate it when there's a lot more rapping than singing. But Hung On Hillside, the that's the ironic thing is that I didn't like this song until I reached sort of the chorus bridge. And like I said earlier, Baz gave arguably the best chorus slash bridge on the album. And just, I think Baz is really underrated and I'm hoping that whatever his next project is called gives him the same support that Bars always gives Cole, because this was, I think, really great. Um, Bars did a great job. Um, it reminds me of Love Yours, because you know it talks about staying true to yourself through the, through the successes and the pitfalls equally. You know what they say, everything in moderation. Um, but this one, this one was really one of the top songs on the album for me. But overall, I think it's it's. You know, Dickie's saying that, you know, it needed to be a lot more lyrical album for it to be a classic. I don't know, man. It might just, for me, it might just be a classic. Instant classic. Hot take. <laughs> hot take. That, that's a hot take. I, Oof, I don't know about instant classic. It's a very take. good album, but instant classic. I'm willing to die on that hill. I'm willing Ooh, to die bro, on that hill. Bro, okay. bro, bro. Okay. Classic. It's going to be a great fight. It's the most... It's the most technical offering that Cole has ever given. Yeah, if you put it like that, then Cole, I understand that. But 
To put it in that sea bracket, bro. Ish. <laughs> the sea, dude, you're missing. You're missing in his ends, Tino. You can't. You can't just go without permission. Man, I don't know. See, I don't know. I don't know, bro. I really don't know. I mean, it's the best. Okay, tell you what. Tell you what. Ten years from now. Okay, I'm 22. Toronto, you're 21. Dicky, you're 28. <laughs> when we all play this album, to. <laughs> When we play this album to our kids, yeah, you're all going to be coming back to me and saying, Tino, you were right. This was an instant classic. And you're going to thank me later. But that's okay. But that just about wraps it up for episode eight. Thanks for everyone for listening. Thanks to Muka for joining us. And we hope to see you guys soon.